Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us, and let's hope we can get back to our regular schedule. Last week was the holiday week. I know we're in the middle of a great holiday period right time, but we had so much play-by-play last week, it was ridiculous. Whether it was high school football state championship games, or Indiana, or Bellarmine, or Western Kentucky, uh, with all the Thanksgiving feast week events, as ESPN calls it, It was a crazy, crazy week. So glad to be back with you on the air today. Look forward to being with you. I think uh, schedule pending everything this week, every day this week, I should say. And, of course, it goes without saying, what a big week for Indiana. However, things have changed a little bit since before or since we spoke last. Indiana and North Carolina, the big game, part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge coming up here in just a few days. Everybody aware of that. Everybody knows about it. Tickets going for crazy, crazy prices on some of the online websites. But what has changed is North Carolina is now in the midst of a two-game losing streak, which was capped by a four-overtime loss to Alabama over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So I'm curious, does that take some of the hype around the game away or is it still I mean it's obviously still going to be a huge environment a sellout crowd in Assembly Hall but can you imagine number one North Carolina undefeated uh, at Assembly Hall this week as part of the Big Ten ACC challenge I think it loses a little bit of its luster but it's still by far I think the biggest test for this Indiana team and I know also this North Carolina is going to be hungry, hungry, hungry for a victory to get back on the right track. If Indiana could beat them this week at home, that would be three straight losses for the Tar Heels, who, again, number one in the country, at least until the new poll comes out later today, uh, on a two-game losing streak right now. So things have definitely changed. One other thing we'll talk about today, and I know this is going to upset some IU faithful that listen, but how about Purdue? Uh, big win yesterday over Duke. They played magnificent in the Phil Knight tournament out in Portland over the holiday weekend. And I think the Big Ten, we'll talk about this, the Big Ten is going to be pretty doggone good this year and maybe a lot better than what people expected. So uh, when I say that, I'm specifically thinking about Indiana in the mix, obviously, but Purdue jumping way up. I think Purdue's going to take a huge jump in the AP Top 25, but also Michigan State has done some really good things here early in the year. And for the Big Ten Conference, it was projected to be good, but not great necessarily this year. I think uh, maybe it's going to be a lot better than what people thought. So Indiana, if they are going to make a run at this thing, 
And they, too, are off to a good start. They, too, I think, are uh, a reason you could say the Big Ten is elevated even more than what people thought it might be. Uh, if Indiana's going to do this thing and make a run at a Big Ten crown this year, they're going to have some stiff competition, and it might come from a team like Purdue that you know, some people thought would be in that top handful of teams, but they weren't solid. Everybody wasn't picking them to win the conference or come in second right behind Indiana like a lot of people picked the Hoosiers. So that's going to be interesting. Purdue's kind of added some oomph to the Big Ten here early in the season. I got a chance to catch glimpses of some of their games out in Portland and they did look really good. So more on Purdue, more on the Big Ten Conference coming up a little bit later in the program today. Let's take a look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we, we'll take a look at our headlines. I want to go through some of the high school basketball happenings from over the weekend. New Albany with a big win over Bloomington South. New Albany is down. Bloomington South is down but still a big early season battle. We'll talk about that. Also, I had a chance to see Jeffersonville and Cathedral on Saturday night. And I know that you look at the final score and you might think, oh, Jeff got pounded by the Irish, the defending 4A state champions. But I think Jeff can be good this season. And uh, we'll tell you more about that. Also, I know Providence with a loss to a really good Brownstown on Saturday. Saturday was a big night for such an early uh, season, early night of the season. And uh, so we'll, we'll recap some of that coming out of the weekend. Also, later in the show, it's Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will be with us. We will focus on uh, a lot of things today with Zach. IU basketball, a little bit about Purdue and the Big Ten Conference. We've got to hit on the football Hoosiers, who had some really, really tough luck on Saturday with their quarterback going out early in the game and what's been a rough and tough year for the Hoosiers uh, capped off that way. After a little bit of excitement the week before with a, a surprise win against Michigan State, uh, it, it did not end on a high note, and that's because of injuries and how things fell apart during the Purdue game. So we'll cover that as well with Zach today. And then later today, Chad Gilbert, he's the AD at Charlestown High School. He's an IHSA executive board member representing our area and he's a former coach here as well in the area. He'll join us as we take a, a look at local sports and some of these high school basketball things I mentioned coming out of the weekend. Chad will will visit some of that with us here later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open as we get further and further into the basketball season, I hope and expect to hear from more and more of you. Uh, you can do that each day by sending me a text during this show at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito at any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze or a 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's today. And again, it's the Thornton's text line, uh, that number, 502-414-1450. Okay, let's get into some headlines for the day. First, a little bit of a, a breaking headline that came out earlier this morning, and no real surprise here with everything going on, but... The ACC Big Ten Challenge is ending 
after this week. Tonight starts a really, really good week that I know myself and so many of you look forward to early on in the college basketball season. It's always big games. It's always kind of nip and tuck between the two conferences when the Big Ten and the ACC uh, event happens. And it also, to me, it signifies that we're really in the middle of the holiday season. And a lot of times that's fun. It means maybe a little more time for sports watching or getting out to a big game or something like that, at least for me. And so uh, it's always been an annual event that I really look forward to. Indiana has had some great challenges and some great games as part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And it's the 23rd edition of that event. I did not realize that until I saw uh, something earlier this morning. But according to Andy Katz, this is the last one. This is going to be the last Big Ten ACC Challenge, which it shouldn't come as a big surprise with all of the uh, conference shifting that's going on with all the media rights deals that are going on as well and the Big Ten kind of taking, I think, a more national footprint and stepping away some from the Big Ten, or rather not from the Big Ten, but from the ESPN family of networks and relying more on some big national television outlets and also, of course, even more so on the Big Ten network. I think it's something that we probably questioned on this show before would it continue to exist. So it's sad it's going away. I think we could all share in that. Let's see if Indiana can go out with a bang, maybe with a win over North Carolina later this week. But as this week unfolds, if you're a college basketball fan, and I know that Phil Knight, there's actually two Phil Knight tournaments, and then the, you get the men's and the women's versions of those, and there are other events as well. But um, it, it's really kind of up the Thanksgiving week uh, levy of college basketball. Uh, but this is the real deal to me. So as we go through the week, let's take a look at tonight. Minnesota at Virginia Tech, Pitt at Northwestern. Those are okay games. And then Tuesday, you get Syracuse at Illinois. Really curious in that game. Maryland at Louisville. Can the Terrapins pound the Cardinals? I think that would be the bet. Penn State at Clemson. That's interesting. Penn State has been pretty good so far this season. They're a team to kind of keep an eye on in the Big Ten as far as a team on the brink there. Virginia at Michigan. Wake Forest at Wisconsin. Iowa will host Georgia Tech. Then a huge, huge night on Wednesday of course, uh, the North Carolina at Indiana contest, but a big, big slate of games. Ohio State will be at Duke. Purdue uh, sees if they can continue their hot hand at Florida State. Rutgers is at Miami. Michigan State at Notre Dame. That's probably a record as far as uh, travel there or travel time or lack thereof. And Boston College is at Nebraska. That's the Wednesday slate. So let's celebrate this uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge one final time. I did see that Andy Katz reported the event is expected to be replaced by an ACC-SEC Challenge, which makes a lot of sense as well. But just something about Duke and North Carolina and some of the other top-tier ACC programs year in and year out against some of the Big Ten programs, all the Big Ten programs year in and year out. It's been a lot of fun. And so another schedule opportunity will open for Indiana in the non-conference next year. Uh, obviously, we know where some of that thinking is going with other games that have been announced and future series that are coming or others that could be coming. Uh, but definitely a big week ahead, definitely for Indiana on Wednesday night. A fun game, but I'll go back to the question I opened the show with. With North Carolina losing two games, of course, the four-overtime thriller, I did not get to see that live, but to Alabama 
uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, does this take a little edge off the game? And I think you could argue, obviously, yes. Number one undefeated North Carolina in Bloomington means pandemonium, but a two-loss North Carolina team means that they are going to do anything and everything they can to get back on the winning track. And if Indiana can somehow knock them out again for a third straight game, uh, still would be a huge win and the biggest win of the season, I think, by far for this Indiana team. So big night coming up, but a big week as well. It's the last ever Big Ten ACC Challenge beginning tonight again with Minnesota at Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh at Northwestern as well. Uh, IU women, they were out in Las Vegas, and some bad news there. Grace Berger is out with a, it looked like a knee injury, a leg injury on Friday. But unfortunately, Indiana's uh, wins out there and the Berger injury out there really aren't the biggest takeaway from that event. Uh, That Las Vegas event, it was called the Las Vegas Invitational uh, at the Mirage Hotel and Casino uh, has really been getting a lot of negative publicity. I don't know if you've seen it on television or have read about it online, but I tell you what, uh, it really, uh, no ambulance around, no medics around. Someone got hurt in the game before Indiana's, and there was like a 45-minute delay while a player that they wanted to be really careful with, I think it was a head or a neck potential injury, uh, had to stall things out for that. And that's obviously the right thing to do given the situation, but it really slowed down things for the event. And you just question when medical care at some big college tournament over the Thanksgiving weekend uh, takes 45 minutes to receive. Also, there were some concerns about the setup out there, uh, just no bleachers and fans. And uh, I don't think it was what Coach Morin and the Hoosiers or other teams that were involved in that event expected when they were given diagrams and a heads up on what that tournament would look like. So that's kind of stole the headlines for the IU success out there. Uh, Indiana had two wins uh, out there, one against uh, Memphis and then against a uh, 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 two wins out there. I don't have both of them, both of them in front of me. But uh, definitely two wins for Indiana women in an event that got a little bit of bad publicity. Also, uh, a couple other things to mention, high school basketball over the weekend. Uh, Just a few takeaways from the weekend. How about New Albany? They get a one-point win over Bloomington South. I wasn't at the game, but was told the JV game, I think, was a two-point New Albany win. The varsity contest, a one-point New Albany win. So a thrilling victory for New Albany, who had to hang on at the very end to beat Bloomington South. And yes, the Panthers are not nearly what we've come to expect year in and year out with the Bloomington South program. New Albany was missing a couple as well. Justin Carter's out for a few games for violation of team rules. And Chase Lush, who has had some football success on some football visits as well, he's nursing an injury and I know hopes to be back in coming weeks also. So New Albany getting a big early season win. They beat Clarksville as well on Wednesday night in a Thanksgiving Eve battle to start the year. So Jim Shannon in his last go-around, 2-0 to start the season. Also, I mentioned I saw Jeffersonville on Saturday, Sharon Wilkerson's official debut for the Red Devils. A couple takeaways from that. Number one, Cathedral is really good. They probably have seven 
maybe eight players that can play college basketball or will play college basketball, including a handful of those guys that are Division One and another handful that could play lower levels, but a good level of uh, small college basketball. So they're going to be hard to put out in 4A basketball. It's hard for me to believe at this early point of the year on paper, at least, they aren't the most talented team in the state. Xavier Booker, future Michigan State player, uh, former IU target. He wasn't dominant by any stretch of the imagination, but you could just tell he has all the skills and the physicality to be really good and take over and dominate any high school basketball game that he will play this season. So it's going to be interesting to see if he uh, has the season that I think he's capable of. Of course, uh, a guy that's going to be, could be a thorn in uh, IU fan sides for many years to come. But Cathedral's really good. They are really talented. My takeaway on Jeff is this. They started four sophomores, probably could start five at some point. Uh, they're going to be much better January, February, March than what they are right now. This is going to be a team that gets better each and every game, whether it's a win or loss on paper. I think locally it's not going to be a standout year. I don't expect there to be a state champion or a really, really deep state tournament run necessarily in any of the classes as I look at things here early in the season. But I do think that Jeff in 4A in that Seymour sectional and in the Hoosier Hills Conference can find success if they can put it all together. A young team, Trey Singleton, has gotten better. Those young guys are coming along, learning Sharon Wilkerson's system. I do think that Jeff a team to watch, especially a couple months from now. Providence, a tough game as well to open the season. They took on Brownstown, who's led by Jack Benner, a Purdue recruit, a Purdue commitment very early in his high school career. He can shoot the ball, and Providence came out at him uh, very strong defensively, and it didn't make all that big a difference. He's that good of a shooter, that good of a scorer, and Providence was able to hang on and keep it within 10 points against uh, Brownstown on Saturday night. The one concerning thing for the Pioneers coming out of that game, and I talked with Coach Miller afterwards, Casey Kalen had his wrist heavily taped for most of that game. I think the injury may have happened early in the contest. Uh, He's going to be a stud. I thought he was set to have maybe the best season as far as individual players go here in the area. Uh, He just seemed geared up for that after that run to the state championship last year and a lot of off-season work. But unfortunately, a a wrist injury of sorts, and we'll uh, we'll get with Coach Miller to keep you updated on that. But obviously, we hope the best for him and for Providence and for all the area players. You just hate to see anybody this early in the season have any sort of issue that could be something that's serious. And this definitely had the appearance, I'm told, of something Saturday night that, that could be Uh, serious and and obviously worth keeping an eye on for Providence. So uh, that's a negative for them. But overall, a good week to start high school basketball. Still have not seen Floyd Central. They open up Tuesday night with a game at Meade County. And game number two for Coach Walters in his first year at Floyd will be New Albany. So New Albany, that'll be game four for them. But that will be our first big rivalry game coming up, not this Friday night, but a week from Friday. So hard to believe that we're in the high school season. Before you know it, we'll be into December and some of the big rivalry games and there are conference games that get underway as well. And just excited about high school basketball this season. I do feel it's a very wide open season. I do feel that, uh, again, as I said, I don't see a dominant team on paper that you can almost write down as a for sure favorite to make some sort of run. 
but the potential is always there. And I would have Jeffersonville and Providence, uh, depending on Kalen's future, at the top of my list as far as local teams to watch. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk Purdue and their big week as well. And uh, more on North Carolina, the big one coming up for the Hoosiers at home on Wednesday night, part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday program, uh, live here on the Hoosier Report, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Gary Clark producing today. Gary, you have to tell me if Zach Osterman is ready for us or not. Not yet. I'm getting ready to call him again. All right. We'll reach with Zach here in just a moment of the Indianapolis Star and uh, have the very latest on IU basketball today. So stay with us for that interview coming up here in just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Big week of college basketball. As I mentioned in the first segment today, the final run of the Big Ten ACC Challenge is coming up, and it all gets underway with a couple Monday games. Nothing terribly attractive Monday. Minnesota at Virginia Tech. Pitt at Northwestern, but it is interesting to see some of these Big Ten teams and bigger games against ACC competition here early in the year. Things really step up on Tuesday. Syracuse at Illinois, Maryland at Louisville, Penn State at Clemson, Virginia at Michigan, Wake Forest at Wisconsin, Georgia Tech at Iowa, and then just a huge, huge slate of games on Wednesday. Ohio State at Duke, Purdue at Florida State. Rutgers at Miami and North Carolina at Indiana, of course, highlighting the night for IU fans. Michigan State at Notre Dame and Boston College at Nebraska coming up uh, in just a bit here. Zach, uh, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is with us now. Zach, sorry about the problems getting connected today, but glad to have you here on this big week. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right, big one coming up for the Hoosiers. Uh, I got to ask this. Does a North Carolina team coming in with a couple losses, uh, a four-overtime loss, their most recent loss to Alabama, does that take anything away from this matchup, or is this still by far the biggest game of the season for this Indiana team to show us exactly where they're at right now and maybe what to expect moving forward? Well, I mean, certainly I think it's, it's a little bit different if you're not getting the number one team in the country. We haven't seen uh, the, the weekly polls come out yet. They usually drop sometime after noon on Mondays. But obviously we, we wouldn't expect North Carolina to be ranked number one, probably not even in the top ten, frankly, um, when they come to Bloomington. You know, it, it probably puts 
frankly, a, a little bit of pressure on Indiana to win this game insofar in as, I mean, I think there was probably already a certain pressure. I think Indiana was an early favorite for this game. And, you know, even if you're facing the number one team in the country, when you're at home and when you're as good as Indiana sort of believes itself to be, um, you expect, you know, that you, you need to expect to win this game. But now seeing North Carolina look so vulnerable, and they probably already had, if you actually – kind of watched them they were unconvincing in some of their early games UNC Wilmington um you know they 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 beat Charleston by 16 but they let Charleston average almost 1.13 points per possession they only beat Gardner Webb at home by six um they have not been a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination through these first seven games and so I think it, it it leaves Indiana in a place where Indiana probably needs to find a way to win this game and obviously you know we we can Long term, we can ask, well, will this game still be a good win if Indiana picks it up? You know, if Indiana wins it, then North Carolina keeps slumping. I don't think you can worry about that. I think you just got to grab it and, you know, kind of go from there. And obviously the Xavier win already being on your, your, your ledger helps as well. But having said all that, it's Indiana, North Carolina, and what we now know for sure, we'd all kind of presume, but we all now know for sure is the last ever ACC Big Ten Championship game in prime time at Assembly Hall on the last day of November. That's a big game. That, that is just a big game that, that's not a, you know, it's, it's, it's not even like when Duke came here in Arch Miller's first season and it was IU-Duke, but, you know, IU was clearly rebuilding and Duke was in a completely different place. This is a big, it's, it's a very big game. It is a headline game, and I don't think that's going to change for Indiana. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. You know, I mentioned some news earlier this morning, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, this is going to be the last year of this great slate of games. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week will be it. Uh, any surprise or with all the movement with conferences and alignment and media deals, was this uh, expected maybe to go away? I think it's fair to say it was presumed. I mean, you know, if there was a – you know, if, if word got around behind the scenes, you know, a bunch of reporters were tapped on the shoulder back in the summer and said, hey, you know, this is going to happen. I wasn't one of them. Um, but at the same time, I, I think you could read the writing on the wall that, you know, ESPN and the Big Ten were completely going their separate ways. That, that, you know, the, they were severing all sort of official ties when it came to media rights. And this is an ESPN-driven deal, you know, like the for for anybody who, who wants to understand a little bit more about it, the, the Gabbitt games, for example, uh, which are organized between the Big Ten and the Big East, it's a similar structure, not identical, but similar. Those are actually organized at conference level. The conferences get together and figure out the matchups year on year and how to map out the schedule and so forth. ESPN does the lion's share of the work with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They're the ones who decide the pairings. They're the ones who figure out the schedules and, um, you know, and, and programming times and all that kind of stuff. And so it was always, I think, fair to assume that this was a, a potential casualty of the Big Ten moving its media rights completely away from ESPN. Um, today was, I think, just confirmation. I think Andy Katz reported it first, and then ESPN kind of confirmed it when they announced this. ACC SEC challenge that's going to go forward. Quite frankly, I'm not trying to be flippant, but that sounds sort of like a a pale imitation. Um, you know, it is one of those things that I think I said this similarly around the uh, the CrossFit Classic. Nothing lasts forever. You know, 
it's surprising sometimes that these things even last this long. The ACC Big Ten Challenge, I think, has been going on here since 96 or 98. That's incredible staying power, you know, in the, in the modern sort of media climate, the modern landscape. Um, and it's obviously given us some, some great games, some, you know, some fascinating matchups. But as I would say for the Crossroads Classic, which Indiana effectively replaced the Kansas game, you know, fans will find something else to enjoy. Uh, because these teams are still going to want to be on national television in these key time slots, particularly post-football season, um, in non-conference setups. So whether it's you know whether it's building some Big Ten, Big Twelve matchup, which also you know frankly doesn't sound like the most appealing thing in the world, but I'm sure they'd make it work somehow. Um, or it's leaving these schools up to their individual devices, and maybe these schools, you know, in Indiana. Uh, or a Michigan State or, or whoever, you know, finding some kind of marquee late November, early December event to, to put together. Um, I would be surprised if we're not still talking about, you know, these, these last few years, this stretch has always developed basically from the, the end of November with the ACC Big Ten Challenge to the two conference games to one or two big games in the, 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 the pre- and post-finals week, weekends in December. Um, I would be surprised if that calendar is dramatically altered, let's say, you know, across most of like the next 10 years. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guess, good stuff on uh, what the future could or could not be of some of these big non-conference things. And I think, Zach, we've had so many changes in college sports and college hoops specifically that uh, we just seem to be in, in that time frame or in that period of time where changes are happening sometime uh, quicker than what we'd like. And I, I think that we're set up with the Big Ten and uh, maybe more movement in a conference realignment uh, for additional changes, which could affect some of these other uh, other big events as well. No, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. And then, you know, the, the other thing to, to consider this, because we always consider this from the, the conference side, the school side, you know, the, is Indiana going to go play Kentucky, whatever, well, we, you know, think about the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It was put together by ESPN. It was an ESPN-produced, ESPN-driven event. When you bring more television partners into the landscape, and Fox has obviously become a much more prominent player in college sports in the last few years, they kind of, you know, they always had some college football, and then, of course, they were intimately, intimately involved in the launching of the Big Ten Network. But, you know, FS1, FS2, the idea of Fox being, you know, a much more sort of direct competitor to ESPN with all of its channels and all of its offerings um, is, is a, relatively speaking, a, a new thing in the college sports landscape. Well, now maybe Fox steps in and, you know, maybe it's Fox that steps in and says, you know, we've got strong relationships with the Big Ten and the Big 12. We'll build a Big Ten, Big 12 you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how that works. The Big 12's got, what, 12 teams now, or they're about to have 12 teams and the Big Ten at 16. Um, but, you know, you, you figure out how to make it work. You, you just make sure that Indiana's playing Kansas or Michigan State's playing Kansas, Indiana's playing Texas, whoever. Or I guess Texas is going to the SEC, so that doesn't really work very well, does it? But you get my point. Like, when you bring mm -hmm. more media players in, and I think it's only going to expand as – the streaming services keep kind of kicking the tires on getting involved. Apple TV and Amazon being the two big ones getting involved in some shape or form in college sports. 
when you bring those players in, that, that they're going to want stuff that gives them return on investment. And what gives them return on investment, among other things, is these really big ticket uh, matchups that will get, you know, six, seven, eight million people watching on a Wednesday night. And so uh, maybe not quite eight million, but you understand what I'm saying. I just think that, you know, it's, it's important to remember it's, it's not just the schools and it's not just the conferences building these things the more you sort of empower, you know, in, 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 in finger quotes, new-ish media rights players in this landscape, the more they're going to want to organize these sorts of things too. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Monday program. Zach, I know a lot of Indiana fans probably don't want us to talk about this next topic, but I feel like coming out of the weekend, I have to bring it up. Purdue men's basketball, a couple of humongous victories recently. I caught glimpses of both of those games and a lot of their games really out at the uh, Phil Knight uh, tournament in Portland, Oregon. I thought they looked really, really good. And in fact, a lot better than what I think a lot of people expected Purdue to be this season. Right now, they're playing really good. I thought they played better, frankly, than I, I saw them play early in the season. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't think Marquette's a great team, and I didn't think Purdue was necessarily great against Marquette, but, but you know, West Virginia was a good win. Gonzaga was a great win. Duke was a really, really good win. Um, it, it prompted this, particularly I think the Gonzaga game, prompted this sort of, uh, this wave of, ah, oh, the media was wrong. The Big Ten, you know, wasn't down. The reports of the Big Ten's demise were greatly exaggerated. I think a lot of us weren't saying the Big Ten was going to be bad. We just said we didn't know what the Big Ten was going to be. And it was largely because teams like Purdue and teams like, uh, you know, if I'm, I'm just looking at, at Ken Palm's rankings right now, Purdue's now the, the top-ranked Big Ten team in the country per Ken Palm at 7, Indiana's at 12, um, Ohio State, which quietly picked up, a, had a, you know, lost to San Diego State, but then picked up a couple nice wins out in Maui. Over Cincinnati and Texas Tech is uh, is uh, where are they? They're nineteenth. Illinois is twenty second. Iowa's twenty third. Maryland is sneaking up there, twenty fourth. They got two top fifty wins already. We just said that teams like Purdue, like Ohio State, and so forth, they needed to prove themselves, and that's what we needed to see first. We needed to see evidence that these teams with these big question marks had answered some of them, and enough of those teams have now, quite frankly, that. You know, I think you're, you should be allowed, you should be able to look at the league and say, yeah, we, we, were, we were right to assume that the Big Ten wasn't just going to be awful. It's just that we were going to need the Big Ten to fill in some gaps before we could really know what to think of it. Now, it's November 28th. You know, I'm, I'm old enough, as I imagine many listeners are, to remember uh, a season in which IU basketball beat Kansas and North Carolina, teams that finished sixth and third in the final Ken Palm rankings in the 2017 season uh, before December 1st and didn't even make the tournament and their coach got fired. So, you know, the, the, the flip side is let's not get out ahead of anything with Indiana, with Purdue, with anybody else. But I was amused by kind of the whole, uh, we knew the big 10 was down, you know, or we knew the big 10 wasn't down. You, you all just sort of, uh, I guess, wanted to hate or whatever. Um, we all just said, give the Big Ten some time. You know, give, give them some time, and guess what? If you look at the Big Ten and Ken Palm right now, only two teams aren't ranked 53rd or better. 
it's looking like a tough conference again. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman uh, with us here on this Monday program. Zach, before we let you go, I, I do quickly want to bring up football. Uh, tough luck for the Hoosiers. Not only a loss to rival Purdue on Saturday, but uh, an early concerning injury for their quarterback as what's been a season of injuries and a season of very tough moments. It continued and really finished that way against the Boilermakers. Yeah, I mean, um, Dexter Williams, I think it's, it, I don't want to say that you aren't, uh, if you're Indiana, you aren't bothered by losing to Purdue. And I, I also think, well, obviously no one is going to, like nobody in the North End Zone facility right now is saying we had that game one before Dexter Williams got hurt. It was seven to three. It was still the first half. Um, but I, I do think, number one, that if you're Indiana, that game was absolutely trending in a positive direction for you. Whether you would have won or lost, you were set up to be competitive for four quarters against a team that wound up winning the Big Ten West. Number two, I think that the greater concern um, to a real extent is that you felt like Dexter Williams, he wasn't, you know, just sort of like the, you hadn't crowned him QB1, no questions asked moving forward. I think he still would have had to get better in the spring, maybe prove some things going into next fall. But you did feel like because he looked so promising and because his his poise, his mobility, the, the, the obvious arm talent he has kind of changed some dynamics for Indiana's offense in the last three or four weeks, you did feel like he was one of the biggest potential positives heading into 2023 as, you know, maybe this young, exciting quarterback that you could grow the team your team up around. And now – you know, he's a, a potential question mark as well. I don't know if we're going to hear anything official on his injury um, this week. We'll speak to, to Tom Allen at latest uh, around signing day next month, by which point I imagine that, you know, the, the injury will have been diagnosed and if it required surgery or something like that, it will have been dealt with. You don't want to speculate. Uh, Tom Allen suggested it wasn't an ACL tear, which, you know, based on the way it happened, how just completely, how obviously non-contact it was, he just sort of planted and his knee gave out. Um, if it's not, if it's not a significant ligament injury, I think Indiana and Dexter Williams should feel enormously fortunate. Um, but it is just, a, it, it hurt Indiana's chances to win that game against Purdue. Um, but it also is a blow when you felt like, you know, there's, and I'm, I'm rambling just a bit, but there's this youth movement that is, is going to have to happen for IU football this offseason. You know, the last two years, they've really started, including basically right now, they've started cycling out a lot of the guys that were, you know, big contributors in 2018, 2019, 2020, when they had some, some real success. Jalen Williams, Devon Matthews, Michael Penix, Ty Freifogel, Stevie Scott, you know, uh, so many of these guys are gone now, and, and a lot of them, you know, there's a couple that might could come back, but, but most of them are, are, even the ones that played this year, are literally out of eligibility. Youth's got to be served for this team. They, they, they've got to have some young guys step up, and you saw that with a, a Jalen Lucas or a Donovan McCulley or, at time, you know, a Cam Camper before he got hurt at times, and Anderson Kobe, um, Khalil Benson and Josh Sales along the offensive line. There were some young players that I thought offered real promise. The one that sort of headline that group was Dexter Williams. 
And if he's dealing with another long-term injury now, we don't know what it is yet. I don't want to over-speculate. But if he is, yeah, that's tough. That's, that's difficult. Um, and, and that's going to be just kind of another complicated problem for, for Tom Allen to solve in an offseason that already had a fair few. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach covered a lot of ground. Thanks for the chat and a big week ahead for IU fans with the North Carolina game and then the start of the Big Ten season coming up as well with some early December games just around the corner. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back to wrap up our Monday program. We'll have a conversation on local sports with Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, IHSAA executive board member as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert is the athletic director at Charlestown High School also an IHSA executive board member, and he's with me Mondays as we talk local sports. Chad, we've got a full slate of high school basketball from the past weekend to talk about and some very interesting early season happenings for some of our local teams. Matt, it was a great way to start off uh, Thanksgiving for the Pirates. We won the bragging rights game versus New Washington, both boy-girl, in a packed house doubleheader at Charlestown. Uh, our girls team continues to improve, continues to get better, uh, poised to make a run at the Mid-Southern Conference and sectional this year. And our boys team, Matt, plays a really, really, really exciting style of basketball, you know. And you got to give Matt Lynch a whole lot of credit for that. Matt, you know, was a walk it up the court, grind it out, you know, X and O, every trip down, outscore you. He has adapted to his personnel and he's playing up and down, you know, the old Billy Donovan style of pressing after every basket, up in you, playing a lot of kids, getting a lot of kids' experience, because we've got a lot of young kids. And that just shows the quality of coach that Matt Lynch is, that he's able to adapt his coaching philosophy to the style of the program. So really look forward to uh, a lot of success on our boys' team. we got a big game tomorrow night with – rival Silver Creek at home. So we'll see where we uh where we're at from there. You know that's the one the thing that Matt, he, you know, he wants to win every game, but he wants to make sure we get better for the long run as well. All right, Chad, uh, obviously coming out of the weekend, uh Bloomington South New Albany, that's a big one. I'm not sure that either of those programs is where they typically have been. Jeffersonville and Cathedral, another very big early season game. And then how about this Providence and Brownstown? Those were the three options for really big games in the area on Saturday night. You want to talk about kind of an early season, see where you're at, see what your standing's like right out of the gate. Those three games offered opportunities for that. Well, Matt, you know, it was a busy weekend for the Gilberts. We got an opportunity to go to the football state finals, Pacer game Friday night, and made it back home in time to watch Providence against Brownstown. You want to talk about a great atmosphere, a great showing. 
both teams will be battling, not for the 2A sectional, but for the 2A state championship. I mean, those two teams really, really go at it. Uh, Providence, uh, outstanding. No, I mean, they're your typical Providence. They play hard and they go at it. Uh, they get up and down. They, um, they just, they just play, Matt. They just play hard and aggressive. Uh, I've got, you know, I've got to get my Charlestown guys a shout out, you know, Noah Lovin and, um, Grant Seabold, uh, both did an outstanding job for Providence. It kills me that they're wearing navy blue instead of royal blue, but I understand that <laughs> being Charlestown guys. But they did an outstanding job. And, you know, let's talk about Jack Benner for just a second. I, I do want to touch on the body armor showcase that we're having toward the end here that Jack Benner is playing in. But for fans who haven't got a chance to see him play, he's a Purdue commit. And this kid can go mad. I mean, he's a. You know, think of a Luka Donich now that his game's kind of like. But for the guys, the older guys like myself that listen to the show, he's Pat Graham. And you think about how good Pat Graham was. People, if you can think back in 1989, I can remember being a freshman and going to Pat's games when he was a junior thinking, man, that's who I want to emulate my game like. Pat was, you know, you think about him at IU, Pat getting on the wing, shot faking, doing whatever he did. In high school, Pat Graham was a killer. I mean, he could dunk the ball any way you wanted it. When it come off his hand, you think, how did he? How did that miss? Uh, excellent passer, knows how to play. Jack Benner's the same type of deal. You can guarantee Jack Benner will be in the race for Mr. Basketball next year. Um, with that being said, Matt, we've got Jack Benner showcased at Charlestown next week, uh, this weekend. Um, five outstanding games starting at noon with Holy Cross and Brown. Walnut Hills versus Scottsburg at 1.30. Warren Central versus Jeffersonville Red Devils at 3. Huntington Prep, Matt, at 4.30 versus DeSales. DeSales has local product in uh, Sean Gibson's son. On DeSales, used to play at Floyd Central with those teams with Pat Graham. And then at 6 o'clock, Winthrow versus Brownstown and uh, Jack Minner. Love to get on later on in the week and talk a little bit more about that showcase, Matt. But I think it's an outstanding $10 for all-day tickets come and go. So hopefully uh, fans can come out to Charlestown this weekend and watch some really, really good basketball. Yeah, big games on last Saturday, big games this Saturday at Charlestown High School. Chad, thanks for the run. We'll catch up again later in the week and uh, talk more about your event. Matt, that sounds great. Thanks for everything you do for Sunday Night Sports. I appreciate it. Chad Gilbert with me as we wrap up this Monday program. Yeah, big week for Indiana. IU North Carolina coming up on Wednesday night. We'll obviously have Don Fisher's call that game here on the Big X. Also, the Mike Woodson show is tonight, so you can hear from Coach Woodson in advance of the big one coming up on Wednesday. Don't forget, 9-15 game time. It's a late night ESPN game uh, for the Hoosiers. Pre-game coverage here at 8-15 on Wednesday and then uh, on December 3rd, on Saturday, Rutgers on the road for this team. So two big, big challenges as we enter this really tough stretch of games for this team. That We, we talked about this as soon as the schedule came out. North Carolina, Rutgers, Nebraska, Arizona, and Kansas all coming up in a row between now and December 17th. It's going to be an absolutely huge a uh, few weeks for this team. And if you think that we won't have a pretty good read on IU and really the rest of the Big Ten Conference as well, once we get to that December 17th game at Kansas, and I don't know what to tell you, but some great basketball coming up, some really big challenges for Indiana, 
and a good mix of local high school games as Chad and I were talking as well. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the show. I'll be back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.